one ever knew his name. Cause he's a no one. Never thought twice about spending on an old bum until I had the chance to really get to know one. Now that I know him, to give him money isn't charity. He gives me some knowledge. I buy him some shoes. And to think, so I spent out all that money on big colleges. Still, most of y'all are out there confused. Go ahead, Mr. Wendell. Hey, 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 hey. That's a deep cut. Mr. Wendell. Wow. It's the spirit of giving. It's the season of giving. I wanted was, to, no, I'm here for it, man. That's awesome. A, a charitable selection this time, everybody. Welcome back to the Continue Podcast. This is episode 61 of a show that is ostensibly about video games. My name is Anthony John Agnello. And this is it, everybody. This is our last show of the year. Last show of the uh, year. Last show of, of the best year at being fucking terrible that's ever been conceived. 2019. The the monster of, of the decade that will not end. Uh, here to shut it down with me is uh, Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Hello. <laughs> I'm in <laughs> Delaware. I, I'm, in de- <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for this decade to be over. Although, yeah. I don't, like, I don't really know if the next one's gonna be any better so we'll just kind of walk forward it's with eyes open time is arbitrary yeah our, our markings for time are, are completely nonsensical but i like the intentional magic of sitting there and saying that here's the boundary this one's done new page yes, Start uh, fresh. yes new year's resolution and mm-hmm. failed on day two there you go that's <laughs> i like it i like i like the intent every single time we also have Susan Arndt. This past year was garbage. It was total trash. Let's throw it out and move on. Yeah, I like. I love. Uh, it, like, I don't even want to say nuke it from orbit because I don't want to sully the good name of aliens with the year 2019. I don't want it dirtying us. Nope. I want to take this year and fling it into space and put it on a trajectory. With some horrible star. Like, do we know... Do we consult with NASA if we know any stars or dicks? Are there, <laughs> is there a star that we've observed where we can definitively the say that's star. No, like, here's, the, here's the thing. I don't, I, it does not deserve space <laughs> this year. does not deserve space. It doesn't deserve the Marianas Trench. No. It, no. So what... What it what it needs is okay. So I need the dumpster behind a slaughterhouse, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not a nice slaughterhouse either. Right. I mean one that's like behind on its mortgage. Sure, that kind of slaughterhouse. <laughs> the hunger, the hung, where the hungry man dinners get the like beef cube. There you go for their frozen meals. That's yeah. you want that slaughterhouse. That's that's what I need. Okay. So I need this year to like lay at the bottom mm-hmm. of that and and just absorb all of all of everything it's that gets juices. put in there. That's yeah. what it deserves. I'm on I'm on board with that. I, okay. I it's it's a piece of trash. Dave, what do you want to do with 2019? What do you want to where, where do you want to kick it? Man, I don't know. I just I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't have an answer I for think, you. I think when we when when eventually 
There will never be a show called I Love the Tens. No. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. <laughs> no one, like, no one loved this. The, dub, the double aughts, at least, like, has this, like, hey, remember the strokes? Like, everyone was into that for a while. Um, the faint was cool, but, like, double, no, the tens... No, like that, that like yeah. that's that's the year, like that's the decade that the simulation started to break down. I yeah, yeah. what is what what was the, um the name of the young man who recorded Gangnam Style? What was that gentleman's name? Uh Oh god, um Oh, why it, am I blanking on his oh name? It's one word. Uh, I wanted to say Psy. It, it is. It's one. Yeah, it's Psy. Is it Psy? Yeah. I'm right? Yes. Right. Yes. I want, like, it'll be like, and next on I Love the Tens, it'll flash to Psy, and he'll just be like, <laughs> and then we look back on Instagram, and it just flashes to, like, a woman in uh, sports bra and yoga pants, just, like, with a thousand yard mile stare. Staring out like, no. And she's just like, like, they they somehow get like Michael Ian Black on to talk about how like (laughs) this was the decade that the contradictions of capitalism had finally become irreconcilable, and everything is falling under itself. And he's just like, man, that's uh, I don't know, has some quip. That's a spicy meatball. And, that's and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then Logan Paul is on there to talk oh, about God. the fire festival. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, that Logan Paul is talking about the fire festival. And at that point, like, Logan Paul is, like, he, like, Logan Paul has inherited Habitat for Humanity from Jimmy Carter. He's spent the past, like, five years rebuilding houses because he's just like, you know, I, one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, are you even a man? Are you oh, even wow. a human being? And it all fell apart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Hi, we, everybody. This is a fun show. <laughs> forget, well, this is, this is our, uh, our traditional look back episode, though, because that's the thing. For all of the trash of 2019, for all of that fucking astounding video games came out this year, just top to bottom really good. It's not... I I think I've talked to you guys about this before, that I find that it tends to be the odd years anyway that tend to produce the best stuff almost invariably. All of my favorite years in gamings are odd years. But the nines, when you get to 1989, 1999, 2009, it's always just peak quality, but not a lot changes. It's not like everything is wildly innovative or pushing things forward. It's just really, really good. It's really good stuff and memorable stuff. And I find that this year had a lot of that. Uh, and I, I, when I look back, because you guys know I keep a weird little written ledger, like mm-hmm. a, a psychotic uh, of everything I played, I actually played fewer games in 2019 than I at any point in the past six years. I've played fewer things than I have at any point in the last six years. Uh, but I would say from the start, like right from January, I played more really, really good, interesting things consistently than in a long time. There were no gaps. It was always just a bombardment of really kick-ass stuff. Uh, Especially in the past month or so on this show, we've already talked about some things that I think the three of us will mention. Uh, Who here is going to talk about Goose Game? Is anybody going to talk about Goose Game already? I actually wasn't going to. No, see, I I purposefully omitted it because I was like, what else nice can we say 
about Untitled Goose Game at this point. But Susan, why don't you kick us off? Because I feel like last episode, we got to talk about how you'd played something that you really weren't prepared to love as much as you do. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how that experience has stacked up with the rest of the year. I love this game so much. Mm. It's, it's ju- it makes me so happy to do these incredibly mundane things. Like today, when, when I was playing Death Stranding, this is the game we're talking about, Death Stranding. I'm like, I'm going to be Road Santa today. <laughs> I am just going to drive around and finish off various auto paver uh, amounts. And I'm just going to finish roads for people. And then uh, I set up zip lines in difficult locations. I'm like, here you go, everyone. I will make this, this quest easier for you. Please enjoy. And I just really like doing that stuff because it makes me happy to be nice to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you? Okay, where am I? I uh, just uh, went to Hartman's lab. Oh, and, I and love I that scene so much. Found out about his dealio. And uh, he sent me on a mission to go connect three other scientists. So I've done that. And now I was just, I, I completely forgot we were supposed to do the podcast today because I was so involved. And I, I, I just uh, got back to his place for oh, him man. to tell me whatever it is he's going to tell me. That's, uh, that's, that whole section just knocks me on my ass. Because it's, it's both a definitive, the game becomes something else narratively. It, mm-hmm. it, there's, there's a big shift there. But it's also just one of those moments where you're like, oh, Hideo Kojima, you actually really got your hands on figuring out how to stage scenes that are dramatic yeah. and really interesting. Like, like, uh, like, like you have cutscenes that convey important information, but don't go on too long. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Weird. Are, are, are tense and human and and, and moving. engaging to watch and yeah. So weird. Heart, heart, I, I texted Dave when I got to that point in the game, and I was like, "This is I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to get to a place where that's my office." I want <laughs> right? that. His office is amazing. That's going to like right down to the fluffy floor. Like I yeah. want that so yeah. I could just. The whole thing. I want the whole. I want to invite people in. Be like, come in, fall. Yeah. Huh? Fall. <laughs> Just fall do it right now. You'll be fine. Great. So is that? Is that in? It just in your top three, or is that your big one? Is that? Oh no, that's my top three for sure. All right, that's top three. Yeah, it's so number two. Actually. It's number two. Yeah. It's number two. Okay. But here, here's what what I love about it at this point. So you remember when the trailers came out? For, for Death Stranding, like the very first one. And we're like, is that Guillermo del Toro? Right. And, yeah. is, yeah. and is Mads Mikkelsen car- car- covered in oil? Are those, so- what is happening? And I just got to that part in the game where it is just, just pick it up and put it down. And that entire trailer is a sequence in the game. And now I'm like, oh, well, this makes complete sense. Yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. a tank rolls by. Yeah. Like, oh, of course. And it's, it's not like, weird anymore. It's yeah, not it's weird, weird anymore. It's like, oh, well, duh, of course he's plugging in a baby. Duh. It's weird <laughs> to me that, like, at the time, I definitely wrote down in my notebook while we were watching it, tank covered with eyeballs and penises. And that was like, even for Hideo Kojima, a tank covered with eyeballs and penises, too much. Too weird. In context, nope. fine. 
Yeah. I'm totally accepting. <laughs> I know, and that's, and I'm like, and I'm, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, have I been ki- <coughs> Kojima syndromed, or mm-hmm. did he just actually, you know, create a really, uh, well, f- I mean, far out there, but justified game world, and I kind of think it's the latter. Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, weirdly, yeah. against mm-hmm. all odds. Right? I'm, again... So excited for you to get to the end. I'm so excited to see yeah. what you think. What you of, make of it. <laughs> what you make of it all coming together. Because it says some things. So what are your other two, Susan? What are your, okay. other, what are your other big ones? Uh, starting at uh, number three is Tangle Tower. Tangle Tower? I yes! Tangle, oh, okay, actually it would be, it would be Oberdin, but Oberdin was already released hmm. on PC, so blah, blah, sure. blah. Um, no, Tangle Tower. So Tangle Tower is, uh, a, a few years back, there was an adventure game called De- uh, Detective Grimoire. Yes. Wonderful art style, really, you know, smart, funny writing. And this is the sequel. And it was part of uh, Apple Arcade. And now it's on Steam and you can get it other places. It's just such a well-constructed adventure story the puzzles are fun they're weird but not weird for weird sake weird the you know the problem with adventure puzzles uh, adventure games in general is if you if you play them a lot the puzzles are all like oh dear god i've played professor layton please don't make me do this you know i have five matchsticks exactly <laughs> oh you have to slide the blocks around to make it, shut up. No, sorry. But you won't get the key out unless you slide the blocks. Stop it. Uh, the, the, the puzzles here are interesting. They're challenging, but they're challenging in different ways so that if, if you're stuck on one, you will get another one just instantly. The animation is incredible. The, vo- the whole thing is voice acted. The voice acting is top notch. The animation is great. Hmm. It's just a wonderful experience that's not too long. You can finish it in a day, and you will probably finish it in a day because you'll start and you won't want to stop playing. What's the look? Like, what is the aesthetic? What is it? it? Uh, 2D cartoon. 2D cartoon? Okay. 2D cartoon. And it, it all takes place in uh, Tangle Tower is a, a, a family residence, two families that are, it's an extended family because they married. Right. So uh, it's the the two branches of the family and each family inhabits a tower Mm. and there's a locked room mystery. Someone has been murdered and (laughs) Detective Grimoire and his uh, companion have to go there and figure out who did it. I like I like the name Detective Grimoire. That's I'm enjoying that. It's just such fun. So I, 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 I highly recommend it. It's on Steam. Uh, give it a play. It, it's a very good holiday kind of, not that it's holiday themed or anything, but it's that kind of like, I want something light and something, Can you, f- you know. feel me Googling tang- Tangle Tower Switch? Yep. Can you feel me doing Whoa, that? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. That's on, it, you said that's on Apple Arcade too, right? <clears throat> yep. Up on yep. Apple Arcade. And, uh, it, it will probably end up on Switch at some point. Yeah. It certainly may. It's, it's a great choice for it. I gotta tell uh, you guys, after spending time with Apple Arcade, based largely on both of you, your recommendations, I've realized that until I change my phone ways, mm, I'm never gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Like, because an iPhone SE is not no, you just just no. it's just not gonna work. Your description well, of this game 
alone is like, well, that sounds really good, and I'm never going to play it on a tiny screen. That's no, funny. no. It is on no. Switch now, by the way. It is on Switch. <gasps> yeah, 20 bucks. Dunk. Do there we it. go. The Why don't thing- I add it to the pile of 53 things on yeah. my Switch that I've never played? One of the things I really appreciate about it, on because I did play it on a, a phone, I actually broadcast it to my big, huge 60-inch TV through mm. an Apple TV. It's perfectly optimized to run on a phone. Like, you just point to... Because everywhere you go is a room in the house. So if you're like, oh, I need to go back and talk to this person, boop, just tap the room. Walks mm. you there automatically. All the inventory management, everything just really works beautifully on a phone. So if that's where you end up playing it, you will have a good experience. If you can see. You have to be able to see it. Yeah. 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 Uh, before we move on to your other picks, Susan... I yeah. will say, anybody who, who is in, amongst our Patreon backers, you've already heard us talking about Sayonara Wild Hearts on today's episode, uh, because I was giving Susan shit about <laughs> finally liking Steven Universe, because it's Steven Universe the game. Uh, but I was playing it, and it got me thinking about sort of the, the double-edged sword of Apple Arcade, because everything is very, very perfectly optimized among the, among the like premier Apple Arcade games. You have all these things that are really well considered for that platform. And then, you know, you have the option to play them on a big, beautiful TV. If you have an yeah. Apple TV, if you have these other ways of pushing Apple Arcade where it can go. And I almost want games to have a, like, mobile mode and a TV mode now. Yeah. Because I was thinking about how Sayonara Wild Hearts is so concisely designed around mobile. Yep. And yet, if I could, like you know, stick with the album, the pop album theme, allow me like a long, an LP, a long play mode where there's just no level distinction because I just want to oh, keep yeah, yeah, playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be like, guys, I'm not, you know I'm not an iPhone SE, say it our wild hearts. I waited for a controller like a yutz. Uh, all right, so number two is Death Stranding. Yep. Number two is Death Stranding, a game we've never talked about on this show. Not no. once, no. Ever. <laughs> Uh, what is your number one? Sayonara Wild Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Perfect transition! Yeah. Uh, so because I, I basically love everything Samogo touches. Mm. There's just something about the way that particular studio assembles a game that resonates with my soul. Mm. So even when I don't particularly enjoy the game... I like playing it. Like, they've done some games that I'm just like, mm, but I, 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 still, I still feel something. Mm. Uh, we, I've mentioned Device 6 once or twice on this show. <laughs> A couple times. That's, that's them as well. So Sayonara Wild Hearts, I was, I was playing it, and it was so perfectly tuned the visuals, with the sound, with the movement, with the colors, with the message, that when it got to the end of the game, so the game is about, you know, the girl who has a broken heart and she's going through these levels to repair it and she fights different gang groups. Like there's the twins, there's the wolves, there's the, right? And the end of the game, you make up with all of them. Like they, she, she, she gives each of them a kiss and it restores part of her house or part of her heart. And I got to that part of the game 
spontaneously just burst into tears as this this well of emotion just came out of me at this beautiful moment. I was I'm like just sitting there. I'm like playing, 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 la la la. And um, when you play games a lot, that doesn't happen very frequently. You know, mm. you don't end up with that kind of emotional connection to a game often. And that just, it touched my soul. There's just really no other way to put it. It just absolutely touched my soul. In addition to being a really well-tuned game with great pop music and slick visuals. Uh, but that end just uh, really, really had an impact on me. So, yeah. game of the year. I feel, I feel like Simogo is, if I, if I had to say that this decade, and it really has been this decade, where mobile games became, you know, that that phrase is a, an identifier at this point. We've talked yeah. on the show about how indie is a meaningless phrase at this point, whereas mm-hmm. mobile game is still uh, indicative of what you're going to get. It is almost its own form. But no studio better embodied mm-hmm. the promise of what mobile games could be. If you go back to 2010 and that sort of, uh, <clears throat> tidal wave moment when the iPhone 4 came out uh, and a year later when the iPad 2 came out and it really became clear that these platforms were going to provide gaming experiences that weren't just novel but exceptionally rich. Mm. The The first time I played Year Walk, I was yeah. just like, holy shit. Yeah. This is it, man. This is, this is it. And, you know, with... with what happens with any promising market? Uh, <laughs> Dave's favorite word in the world: market. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when consumers no. are there to be had, <laughs> capitalism <laughs> has its way. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it got it got nasty really quick. But holy shit, that first year of the iPad when you like had even Kathy, EA was like EA. doing really interesting things with. Did you guys Mobile. play the Mirror's Edge platformer? The 2D Mirror's yeah. Edge platformer that oh, EA put yeah. out? It was iPad exclusive for a little bit, and it ruled. They put out a, a Dead Space game that yep. was really good. Really good. Yep. Really, really, really good. But yeah, Simogo, I, far more than even Cappy, because I, you know, I feel like people look back at the promise of those early days, and they always think of Super Brothers. Uh, Sword and Sorcery EP yeah. is sort of the, yeah. the emblem one, but uh, Year Walk and Device 6, and they're it. I, I, I think it's a great pick, Susan, and I'm just so glad that you like Scott Pilgrim, finally. I feel Shut like the fuck up. We, start, we started Shut the decade. No. 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 Oh, man. Even, the, even that first fight. They're up in the air exchanging punches, and there's little heart explosions every time she punches. Okay, but but the key difference is that Cyanara Wild Hearts is not up its own ass. It's well, I was just gonna say, uh, Cyanara Wild Hearts is devoid of irony. There's yes, exactly. no irony in Cyanara Wild yep. Hearts. It it's is. Com- it is. Well, there's also no hearts. Chris Evans either, so. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's a downside. <laughs> but yeah, no, it it. It, you know, pushing the pun, it wears its heart on its sleeve. Yeah. yeah. It, it means it. It means it. And speaking of, of Chris Evans, that's why Captain America works. Totally. Captain America means it. Like, like oh, America. Like, no, 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 no. Like, he was, he's walking the walk and talking the talk. And this game does that as well. And 
I'm so fucking sick of irony. I'm so sick of cynicism and like I I mean I can't be mad at anybody for it because 2019 deserves to be in a dumpster <laughs> behind a slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just I needed something to believe. Yeah, something and, good. And this was that. Something like capital G good. Yeah. 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 Um that's a good game. Uh, anybody listening, if you have not played it, it's very good. You should play it. Um, Susan, another of the continue podcast traditions is when we do our games of the year, we always uh, take uh, our, our two friends beside us here and we say, hey, dumbass, I'm constantly telling you to play shit that's really good and that you'd like, and then you don't do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, well, honestly. I did play Marching Order. If Susan suggests something to Dave and Dave suggests something to Susan, they usually play it. It's when they tell me to play something. I'm yeah, usually and he like, never yeah. does. I'm like, he's an oh, did you say go play Ranger X for Genesis? Because I did that. Because <laughs> I did that. <laughs> yeah, I, did that. I went and did yeah. that instead. Got the but we do come up with recommendations uh, from our, our list of games that we've played for each other. Susan, what is your recommendation for me? And what is your recommendation for Dave? So my recommendation for Dave is Tangle Tower. Okay. Yeah, it's, I, it's I've, del- I've got it queued up on my iPad. I just need to find the time. But yeah, yeah, I'll, and, I'll play and I mean, it. It, yeah, it will not. It, it it is not a long game, and it is playable in chunks. So it can be like take a little time before you go to bed, play a little bit, put it away, and that's like you know, uh, love it, love that game. Anthony, for you, mm. and I don't know if you played this already. Now, this is a game I did not enjoy, but. I see what's there. It just mm. doesn't speak to me. Outer Wilds. Oh, all right. I've been I, I've been circling Outer Wilds. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I got uh, like many people got confused about Outer <laughs> Wilds. Yeah. And <laughs> you'd think that somebody would have been like, guys, we gotta we gotta we have, we have like up. sit down for a meeting and just like we talk edge this of out. Tomorrow this oh no, quickly. no, I think they did. I have to, I one hundred percent think Outer Wilds was like okay, the game because it came out for Xbox first, right? Yeah. And then like, all right, we're going we're gonna goose this a little bit. We're going to put it out real close to Outer Worlds and people will get confused and they'll say, oh, it's only $25 and I'll buy it. All right. I'm going to... You're you're the third person in the past six weeks to recommend that I play Outer Wilds. So here's here's the thing. Um, I'll be number four too. No shit. Really? I... This is a game you that either clicks with you or doesn't. There is yeah. no middle ground at all. Uh, I did not click with it. Like, I see what it's doing. I just don't like it. Sure. Um, but I think you should at least, I think you should experience it, see what it's got going on, and, you know, hopefully you dig it. Yeah. But even if you don't, I, I, I think you need to see the creativity that... Oh that has gone into that game because it is wildly creative. That's a great sell. That that gets me in automatically. And I've it's one that I've been, you know, orbiting in such a way as to not <laughs> Orbit. know Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> I I don't know much about the specifics. I only know yeah. the basic premise. I know the aesthetic and I don't know what you actually do and I I've intentionally kept it that way. Okay. So I'm in 
and I feel like I'm going to need a palate cleanser. I don't know if I told you guys what my new project is, but now that I've sort of finished all the big stuff, I've got like a couple of little 2019 things that I'm cleaning up. Like I'm going to go play Control, but I know Control mm, is like mm-hmm. really short. Uh, I am playing Planescape Torment for the first time. Oh, Ooh. interesting. Okay. And Classic. it is, yeah. And I, it's one of those things that has had this reputation. And it's also like, I now understand, you understand immediately why it has its reputation. Because yeah. that game is weird as balls. Uh, and I love it, but it's a very dense, uh, involved game. Yeah. Like, I think I've played 15 hours and I haven't left the first town at all wow okay like i just keep talking to everybody and yeah. dying repeatedly um so i'm i'm gonna uh, yeah i think outer wilds is gonna be my break game from uh planescape so i actually think dave's gonna need a little bit more time to think about his recommendations for this but susan had another wonderful idea to add to our end of year show tradition which is to say that freaking came out this year that actually happened because there are so many goddamn games that it is impossible well, to keep up with not and only also, are there so many games like time has dilated to the point where like every year is like a decade now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's also over instantaneously right we live we live in a perpetual queue episode of star trek the next generation everybody <laughs> that's that's where we're at it's at true actually yeah uh so I want I wanted to kick us off with this one out the gate. Outer Wilds was on my picks for the that actually came out this year. Oh wow! Uh, and alongside it was also uh, Travis Strikes Again, Suda Fifty One's weird diary that he published actually came out this year. And all of these people last week uh, when the Game Awards aired. That's when we're recording this, everybody. We're recording this a few days after the Game Awards, which... Oh, um, the Game Awards. Oh how do we sum up the Game Awards? <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, I want to say something very specific about the Game Awards. Okay. We are now... Okay, so you know people who are, like, movie buffs, like actual cinephiles? Sure. Like, the Oscars come up and they're like, oh, Christ, give me yeah. a break. Yeah. We are now that with video games. Yeah. I, yes. They, he, we've arrived. We've arrived because <laughs> the production was, I'm, I, it was like the Golden Globes. I mean, it was that level. It was incredibly well done. It was slick. It was beautiful. There was no, I mean, we are past the, the, the razor mascot walking around and giving out Matt and Dew to people. Like, we've, those years are gone. It's a wonderful, wonderful production, but... It is that mainstream kind of the games everybody's heard of, the games everybody expects to see. And it's that now. And yeah. so, like, I'm watching and I'm bored out of my mind because I am I am the, the video game of file. And yeah. this is now no longer for me. The, fu- the funny thing is, is not only do I completely agree with you, but, uh, you know, I didn't watch them. I just kept checking in with you guys. <laughs> yep. how, are, how are my canaries in the mine? Uh, oh, suffocating! Oh no, good. I'm not. I'm not going in there. Hey, you know what? Uh, Disco Elysium <laughs> won four awards. So yeah, there you and, go. And, and, yeah. They sh- and they shouted out Marks and Engels as uh, f- winning the Subway Presents Fresh Indie Developer Award. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's a good moment. That's a good moment. 
<laughs> Only uh, at the game awards. And then later they gave out the gaming tweet of the year. Who, who won? Who won the tweet of the year? I don't. Know. I don't. Know. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Is that a real I am one hundred percent serious. Yes. That bums me out. <laughs> Twenty nineteen. Come on, man. Content uh, creator of the year <clears throat> goes to. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if uh, if there is a broadcast for us anymore because E three is no longer that. No. That's it's done. 2019 is the year E3 was not... It didn't die, but it's being... It's buried. It's interred this year. Finally. Uh, like, Nintendo Directs, I guess? I was gonna say, yeah, because th- yeah. like that's where they're like, hey, guess what? We're reviving Moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Moon! Remix RPG! Deadly Premonition 2! Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You never walk out in a Nintendo Direct being like, I expected all of that. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it always goes well. Uh, here is the one other thing, and this was, I found out this came out this year, Susan, mm-hmm. minutes after you suggested this to the group. Minutes afterwards. Did you guys know that After Party, the follow-up to Oxenfree, came out? Yeah. Yeah, like two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, what? Yeah. I, it's been a development forever. Where the, the hell did that so come from? Th- there's a probably a reason why you haven't heard too much about it. I've heard it's not very good. Oh, that's oh, a no. bummer. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Uh, wow. Some pe- like it's just like so. The thing about like Oxenfree was like, yeah, they're all obnoxious characters, but that's because they're teens. Right. Right. And now it's like now they're obnoxious college students, and it just doesn't work. Hmm. Mm. I so. love I love the premise, but like I thought, so I turned on the Xbox and I was like, let's see what's all in the old Game Pass hole, and <laughs> it was just like After Party. I was like, when the shit did After Party come out? Are you kidding me? What? What? This doesn't make any sense. What the hell year is this? Well, now that bums me out. Oxenfree, Oxenfree remains up there for me. Uh, in terms of the best things I've played this decade, for sure. Uh, I love that game. It was weird playing that and Until Dawn uh, almost simultaneously. God, I love Until Dawn Because like, so they're, much. they're like almost the exact same premise and setup, and you're almost doing the exact same thing, but they're fundamentally different takes. It's so cool. Uh, all right. So that's that's the the this came out. We're going to do that for the rest of the show after we talk about some more favorites. Dave, what are your most beloved games of the year 2019? Okay. So my number 3 is also my pick for Susan. Oh, it's called Judgment. The Ooh, yeah, latest game by the the Yakuza Ryo Ryuga Gotoku Studio. Um Man, it's just so... It's great. Like, one, they have a formula. Like, those games are formulaic, but it works for what they're trying to do and the stories that they're trying to tell. Uh, They put you in this virtual representation of a Japanese city, and you run around, and you talk to people, and you complete quests. Like, that's the structure of these sorts of Mm -hmm. games. But what makes Judgment special... um, and why I think it, it appeals to you, Susan, who has never played one of these games, is that it's it's a brand new character in a completely standalone story that has, like, they mention stuff about the Tojo clan, but you don't need to know anything about the Yakuza series. Um, 
So yeah, like uh, the main character you play is uh, Takeyuka Yagami, who's a he was a defense attorney in Japan where they have it's like there's like a 99% conviction rate. So the idea of actually defending someone and getting them acquitted is incredibly rare. And then he does it. And then like a month later, the guy that he got off kills someone. And oh, like no. yeah, like his like his girlfriend's brutally murdered. House is burned down. Guy gets arrested. Yagami is disgraced and leaves uh, his his job as this like like he was like this up and coming hotshot defense attorney. And he leaves, decides to open up a private detective uh, office with a like former yakuza friend of his, and it's like it's like a buddy. Like detective slash, uh, it's like you're not a cop, but you're a detective, and you're like you do like cop adjacent things. You're like working with them, and you start unraveling this mystery of um, these murders where like yakuza are being found dead with their eyes gouged out. Yeah, yeah and there's a serial killer. They think it's a serial killer who's like doing this, and so you're like trying to investigate this murder but also getting caught up in like larger governmental schemes and things it's a really well paced and well told just a really solid detective story like like something that you would watch on tv it's even structured in episodes with like a previously on segment like a tv show yeah all right um dave dave but you're going you're going about this recommendation to susan all wrong Susan, yeah. imagine if Phoenix Wright, instead yeah. of being a slapstick comedy, was like first season of David Tennant Doctor Who comedy. Oh, shit. And then in every scene, when you have to look around the environment to look for clues like in Phoenix Wright, you did the same thing. But there's a cat hidden in every single one. Yeah. And you gotta listen for the meows to find it. And there's a trophy you get for finding them all. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> that's how you do it, Dave. That's how you make the sale there. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's like the characters are great. Like you, you get to meet everyone at the law office that he used to work at, and they're all like, like really great interplay with each other. Um, there's a really great side story with your yakuza partner that they delve into. Um, it's just, man, like, they, they write really good shit. Just, like, yeah. really solid. Like, it, you're not going to be surprised by it. Um, but, like, there's emotion there. There's, like, humanity there that they earn more often than not. And then there's also all, like, just all the side cases and shit that you can do. Like, uh, because you're a detective, uh, the side quests in this one are, like, you meet people who are like, hey, um, I think my husband's cheating on me. And so you go and some of them are more straight laced like that. So you like uh, follow the guy around. You're trying to take a picture of him in the act, that sort of thing. But others are like, um, I like a, a guy who has an apartment is like, I think my apartment's haunted. Oh, nice. Or so or someone wants to rent an apartment. They're like, I think this apartment is haunted. You need to go there, stay the night and find out if this apartment is haunted. And then, like, where that goes is just, it's its hilarious. It's really funny. I haven't done um, that one, dude. Oh, that yeah, it's awesome. good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, because the, the, the thing in Japanese society is that, like, 
there are actual like groups that inspect apartments for hauntings and if oh your God. apartment is officially haunted cuz it is a like a fairly religious uh slash superstitious society as far when it comes to like ghosts and spirits and things so if if an apartment is designated as haunted you can get rent for really cheap there nice because nobody I wants to it. nobody wants to rent it because it's haunted um, anyway, so so there's that, but yeah, it's just it's a really cool sl- like slice of life of a like a culture that is an American that you get to experience. Um, really good side quest, really good main quest, and like if I don't know how you feel about like playing a game in Japanese with English subtitles, but if that's not your thing, they re- they recorded everything in English. And it's really solid. Like they yeah, actually wow. did it really well this time, as opposed to getting Michael Madsen for the first Yakuza. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's it's really good. Um, one of the best things that that studio has done. It's like up there for me with Yakuza Zero for sure. So um, I mean, number two is Death Stranding. Like I'm not yeah. gonna belabor it. It's like. The story is real good. Yeah, it's real good. It's just, for me, it's like Kojima and his team are really good at taking themes and actually making gameplay out of them. And I think that what they did with Death Stranding is unlike like he no, he didn't invent the social strand genre. But what he did do is take like common gameplay tropes and <coughs> make them about the things that he wants to say. Uh, which is like, it's nice to see because uh, so like a lot of games just go like, well, this has to be a third person action game because that's what people play and like and enjoy. So we have to put loot in it. We have to put um, a skill tree with three different sets of skills because that's what every game is. Um, he just he bucks a lot of those trends and just takes the form and makes it his. And I really dig that. And this this. A centerpiece of the game is about a father's love for his baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. It's, you know? it's, it's perfect. It's just, it's perfect. Yeah. I love that game. Um, <laughs> and number one, I'm like, probably not surprising that you're going to hear this, but it's Disco Elysium. I am nice. not shocked by this. Yeah, it no. is. It is holistically like taken as a whole. It is one of the best stories I've played in the game. Because it feels like a, a, a game, a world that has like de- it has decades of history in it that you're experiencing from a studio that this is their first game. They haven't made I, anything yeah. else before. Uh, and it feels like this is a team that has just they've been doing this forever. Um, it is it is sad and funny and dark and depressing, but also human and full of hope. And it's just, it feels like a real place that has a lot of weird shit going on in it. Um, and it's so funny. It's, it's just, just so like, it's, it's one of those games where, like, you look, you look at the dialogue and you just want to take screenshots of all of it and share it. But you don't, because then that would spoil it for them. Um, and then, like, the, the actual game itself is, like, equally as interesting and well done because the way that the game gives you all of these little threads to tug on and whenever you hit a wall whether it's like a skill check that you can't pass so you need to like level up a little bit more or go somewhere else to find some more information to like try the skill check again 
um, there's always something else to to investigate. There's always someone else to talk to, some other person's story that you can hear, which may help you in the thing that you were having trouble with before. So you just there's so the game gives you so many reasons to just poke and pull and prod and learn more about its world that like I like mainline that game in a couple of days because I just I couldn't stop. Um, and the way that it culminates in its ending. Have you finished it, Anthony? I know you I've were. not finished it. No, oh. I went, I ended up going down the plane, because I, I started that and Planescape almost mm-hmm. simultaneously, and I was like, all right, I'm basically doing the same things here. Yeah, but the, th- and, the, the thing about Disco Elysium, though, is that like it lacks the friction that, uh, yes. Yes. that uh, Planescape Torment had, because Planescape is based off of, D&D rules, which yep. means there's combat, which means that, whereas, like, by focusing almost entirely on story and skill checks, you're just going with the flow mm-hmm. and seeing where it takes you. Um, I, I can't, I cannot praise this game enough. Play it. Like, it's, it's, some, it's really special. Like, they're gonna, people will be talking about this game for a long time, I think. So... Susan, when I started playing it about a week ago, I was, uh, as I'm wont to do when I'm playing these things, just texting either you or Dave, uh, mm-hmm. stream of consciousness, as I go. And I was said to Dave, uh, I definitely just punched a 12-year-old boy on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Game of forever. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but the thing is, like, and that your experience with that, what, so, like, what kind of character did you make? Did you focus on, like, physical strength? No, or? no, no, no. I went, I went with the, um, the thinker, like oh the, the, emp- the, the or like the the logic person or the empathy person, the empathy person. Okay, the uh, empathy that gets you because your high inland empire, you <clears throat> you get some weird shit, man. You get some weird shit, and just within the first ten minutes, I was baiting the bartender of the hotel I woke up into. Uh, I was baiting him into trying to say that feminism was stupid <laughs> because I was like, I was like, wow, this game is really feeding into my inveterate need to fuck with people. Yeah. But then as I was doing that, the game is like, you have internalized an idea. And I was like, excuse me. And then <laughs> the menu comes up. What? And no, it's, what now? It's, it, there's a, a mechanic for like the things the that you thought say closet. and the thoughts that you have you have now internalized and can develop that into a skill set. And it's like, in your joking, asinine behavior, you have had a deep insight into the reality of feminist ideals. And now you are going to grow that as part of your character. And I couldn't believe the game existed. Yeah, like the way that... Like you said, Dave, like the fact that... There have only been two times this decade where a game has come out and it's the debut from a studio and you like you can't believe that they haven't been doing this for decades. It's like this and Hollow Knight are so completely realized the world, the the execution, like the, th- I, I the don't things know. you do in it. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like the fact that all of your skills are different parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. And that leveling up those skills cause 
all kinds of invisible like you don't realize the game is doing this until like suddenly it clicks and you're like every single time you talk to someone every line of dialogue the game is rolling invisible skill checks behind the scenes and if something hits one of your skills which is like a part of your brain will pop up in the dialogue window and sometimes it gives you a little insight into the character or sometimes it gives you a hint about like what next dialogue option you should pick or sometimes it unlocks a completely new dialogue option that you never would have had if you didn't have points in that skill or sometimes it lies to you and says like like maybe you should pick this and like it's actually the wrong thing or maybe it just fucking wants drugs and just keeps talking about you need to ask this person for drugs because I want them give them to me it's it's so good it's so good yeah it's a remarkable thing. And I will say, again, playing it side by side with Planescape, because there is this direct lineage between those two things, right? Yeah. This this idea of taking very traditional role-playing mechanics, like tabletop role-playing mechanics, and marrying them with a very exhaustively written narrative that tries to marry deep, deep, deep choice with deep, deep, deep specific narrative craft... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy to see how they've kept some of those traditional elements of role playing, like you're describing, and just twisted them entirely. Yeah, like by, it, it's yeah. it's it's clear that they like they like this was based off a campaign that they ran, a D, like an actual D and D campaign that they b- built and wrote and ran on their own for like 15 years. Yeah, yeah, um, man. It's cool. It's got, like, it just, it has ideas. Like, it actually, it has ideas and things that it wants to say about the world using the world that they've created and really interesting and just, like like I said on the last podcast I was talking about it, like, it feels like a really good book. Mm. But, like, not in a not in a way that feels pretentious or overly, like, like it's trying to be, like, uh, you remember when, um, was it was it Beyond Two Souls when Sony was mailing out oh, Jesus. big honking like blank oh, the stapled scripts. stacks of scripts like this script has over a million words or whatever yeah. and then they sent out like like representations of what that would look like and like of like okay thanks for sending me a bunch of printer paper I guess we'll use it uh, <laughs> when when you hear like this game has over a million words in it like that means something. That means that they've thought of like dozens of different choices or permutations of a way to approach a problem and thought of different ways of expressing that choice to you. Um, depending on how you build your character, the choices you make, it's just like incredible the craft behind it. Uh, okay. And then yeah. there's a real, uh, well, it's interesting to hear that that's your game of the year and Susan's is Sayonara Wild Hearts because they're linked very strongly by a core of sincerity. I think like all the games I think that we've uh, like, at least Susan and I have picked are all have like genuine emotion and like actual sincerity behind them. Like there's Mm -hmm. nothing ironic, like there's irony and sarcasm and disco Elysium, but at its heart, it's a very like, 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 yeah, you can be the Anthony 
in this game and just like fuck with people or you can be the sad communist cop that just like is really sad that like all of the left wing people died in a revolution a hundred years ago and you just want people to have a better life yeah. and you're like so, you're really so sad yeah yeah the Dave like just really sad about every decision that you've made up to this point um like it's man play it yeah get it. it do it uh, and for you, Anthony, my pick, um, so I know you've been playing a lot of Gloomhaven mm, through yeah. Tabletop Simulator. I'm going to suggest that you look into Gloomhaven, the official game on Steam. Oh, so, I, you were talking about this in the Discord the other yes, day. Yes, so it is still in early access, so this is kind of a cheat, because uh, it's not technically done yet. But um, what they've done... The thing that we've talked about before on this podcast is like digital representations of board games always feel like they're missing something, right? They're mm-hmm. missing that, like the tactical feeling of like picking up pieces and putting them on a board. The nice thing about Gloomhaven is that it's clear that the game was designed to be a board game representation of a video game, all the way down to the fact that you're unlocking achievements while you play it and growing the city out in a persistent state as you progress through missions. Gloomhaven, the video game on Steam, feels like a really good turn-based, like a tactical turn-based game that just happens to use cards. And a lot of that is just the way that, like, the the UI and like graphical choices that they make, uh, like it feels like, um, you're you're not looking at like a board, you're looking at an actual like dungeon with like 3D model dungeon walls and like moving your 3D animated character around, um, and like there there are like attack animations and stuff. So like it feels like a video game that just happens to be built from the skeleton of. A board game. Um, the thing about it... Does it, it still have, like, the Gloomhaven structure? Like, are so, you in town and you're getting right, the reputation points so and shit? Right now, because it's an early access, they only have the six starter classes and all they have is this, like, roguelike adventure mode where you create a party and you go out and you basically just adventure until you either complete your quest or you die and then you can start over um, and do it again. But when the game releases in version 1.0, it will not only have the entire Gloomhaven campaign in it that you can play, you can play it by yourself or online via co-op with other people. So you have a digital version of Gloomhaven that does all of the fucking work for you so you don't have to worry about whether you're advantage or disadvantage. You don't have to worry about poison tokens and damage tokens and trap tokens setting up your map looking like it, it do, like it's it's doing all of this for you just because it's built like a video game so the plan like right now the foundation is good enough that i think i can recommend it to you like if you pick it up on sale i i picked it up on the during the thanksgiving sale for like 18 bucks it's normally 25 and i think once they hit 1.0 it's gonna the price is gonna go up because it's gonna have more stuff Sure. It. So, but I think it's like it's good enough right now that you can get in on the ground floor of it. And if you just like playing Gloomhaven combat, you'll have a good time with it. But once they add in the online multiplayer uh, with the full campaign, like that's it. 
you know crazy awesome yeah you'll have you'll have a full version of this game that just like does all of the the fiddly stuff for you um yeah check it out it's cool awesome I, i like that a lot uh, my friend, my group that I was playing Gloomhaven with too, has transformed completely, because one night another of our friends was like, "Can I play with you?" And my one friend, who's like our Gloomhaven DM, who was like basically running our campaign for us, was like, "All right, I have an idea," because we were in like our regular game, we were in the middle of a dungeon, and <laughs> he was like, "All right." Well, here's what's going to happen. You open this sarcophagus and and he programmed a thing in Tabletop Simulator to just flip our board completely. And he warped us into fucking Star Wars. And he all of a sudden was like, and all of your characters from Gloomhaven and the character class you've been playing, you are now Star Wars characters and you have to play through this Star Wars scenario. And it was so bizarre having to try and use the skill sets that we'd been using in Gloomhaven without the cards, but maintaining the character that we just completely ended up sticking with that. And so now we've <laughs> just, just been now you're playing just Star Wars. <laughs> now we're just playing a Star Wars RPG uh, in perpetuity. It's I, I'm really embarrassed now. <laughs> uh, Susan. Yeah. What the hell came out this year? Okay. Prepare your brains. I'm ready. Ancestors. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> Ancestors did come out this year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, Patrice Desolate finished a game. Kind of. The monkey right? game came out this year. Did any of us play the monkey game? Nope. No, I didn't. It no. came out on Epic Game Store like months ago. Yeah, right. And I think but only just out, hit. Con- I think. Is it out on consoles now? I don't even know. I, I think it's actually out. I saw. I've been like circling that one because I wanted to play it when it came to PS4. Um, but I heard recently that Patrice Desolet did one of those interviews where he's like, all the critics are wrong because they weren't <laughs> yeah. playing it right. And I'm like, mm, mm, you mm, never want to. Maybe, you, maybe mm. you made a, a bad, mm. bad. Yeah. So I, I, you know, my, my, I have a lot of gaming people in my Twitter, like a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. I only know one person who played it. And it was because they were reviewing it. And they told me, hey, this is what I was playing this weekend, because they're a friend of mine. I saw nothing. Nothing. Who, who reviewed it? Uh, Adam. Our friend friend of the show, Adam. Adam played Ancestors? Yep. He did. Friend of the show, Adam Rumor? Yeah. I gotta ask him about it. Yeah. Like, no, I saw nobody talking about it, good or bad. Yeah. Like, nothing. It well, just... Whoosh. It's one of the... It was one of those first big epic exclusives because i think it came out very early in that whole experience earlier this year and oh my god i had that guy on the show when the show still existed and he had a lot to say about it and it was super interesting and i can't it came out on ps4 on the 6th of december it came out on ps4 on the 6th of december i wonder if it runs reasonably Ugh. 
I'm very curious to play that game. I I'm, think I'm I'm curious about it as well, but not that curious. I'm yeah. I'm not money curious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I'm not money. Curious. I'm not money curious. Yeah. Uh, any others, Susan? That's a good one. Holy crap! Oh yeah, I I, I got another one. Lay it on us. Tetris ninety nine. Oh, I know Tetris ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, doesn't it feel like it's been out? Kind of forever. Forever? Yeah, it's, like always, it's, it's always been here. It's always been here. Right, like that's 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 where what that that came out this year is. Wait, well, oh my god, that only came out this year. Yeah, it just feels like it's it's it was five years ago that that game came out. Nope. Yeah, nope. it was February, and, and yeah, here we and all that are. Was the whole that's because to... February was ten years ago. Apparently, February, yes. February <laughs> happened a thousand <laughs> lifetimes ago. And and now we're here. Yeah, Tetris okay. 99. I got one more. I got one more. <laughs> Rage 2. Oh, my God. No, it didn't. <laughs> Rage 2 it did not come out this year. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just, let's be as kind as we can be to Rage 2, huh? <laughs> Rage 2 is still coming, everybody. Get hyped. It's yeah. a <laughs> They're finally going to finish the launch story. Title. Uh, uh, mega, mega textures. Am I am I the only one who saw the trailer for Rage 2 and was just like, oh, come on, man. Don't you have any self-respect? This is... <laughs> My reaction to it was, really? You want to be Borderlands? Yeah, I just... Yeah. I, okay. You want to... You, like, it has, it has the, the, the stink... Of Watchdog's desperation on it, and n- none of the like mechanical charm. And as soon as they're like, "Yeah, it's not even the people that made Rage." Well, who wants? Who wanted yeah, that? Why? Who why? was this for? You, I the the Bethesda Zenimax machine has people who don't give a shit about video games, looking at a spreadsheet and being like, "Money dollars in." Money dollars out, more money dollars in. Yeah, yeah. Who's the asshole who said that we could make money on this? I. It's a black box at this thing. At this point, man, it's just. Here's, <laughs> it here's my theory, and I and I base this on <clears throat> other Bethesda choices. I feel <laughs> like they had this game mm-hmm. in production, and. At some point, they crunched the numbers. They're like, okay, if we release this as a new IP, we will make this many money dollars. Right. If we release it as Rage 2, we will make this many money dollars. And it's slightly more. Mm. So, like, if we trash it, we get zero money dollars. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I suspect... And it's not a terrible strategy. No, no, it's not. Especially I, if you if you timeline this too, where you say Avalanche ships Mad Max in 2015, mm-hmm. and so they have they they have the expertise for like cars, guns, yep. running around Mad desert. Max, by the way, not a bad game. Not a bad game. That Mad Max game is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's an extremely solid seven out of ten. Right. So there's there. Yeah, I could see that. And I could see them being like, all right, well, let's throw a brand on it and see if we can juice this a little more. Right. Right. Like even if all they end up doing is breaking even with Mm it. Yeah, that's you know, it's zero is better than negative. So I 
I suspect, I have a suspicion that they crunch numbers in that way. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I, I mean, I'm pulling this out my butt, but, yeah. you know. All right. Well, let's talk about things that are good and not Rage 2. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about things that are not Rage 2. Uh... Okay. Do I need to say Death Stranding is number two? Do I need to? Are we? Are we just all? No. Apparently, we've Wonder decided Twins it's the second best game of the year. It's the second best game of the year, everybody. Uh, I I do have Death Stranding as my number two. Really, like my top four or five of the year are kind of. It, it depends on the day. At, at any point, I could say it's my game of the year. If you'd asked me yesterday, I would say Death Stranding was my game of the year. If you'd asked me the day before that. I would say Untitled Goose Game is my game of the year, but I'm not even going to mention that right now. So for the purpose of our discussion, know that the number one, number two, number three is a little arbitrary here. So Death Stranding, number two. Uh, my number one game of the year, I'm going to talk about, just to get it out of the way, we covered it at length on our last episode, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Wow. I, I, I think is my game of the year. Interesting. Okay. And okay. Here, here is why. Um, in the same way that Sayonara Wild Hearts and Disco Elysium are linked by a core of sincerity, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is proof that you can have the giant, multiple giant, soulless corporate juggernauts producing something. And the result can still be something that is recognizably made by human beings mm, who mm-hmm. feel things and <laughs> want to make something good. They are often fighting an uphill battle within those machines, but no one makes the thing that is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because they are purely like, let's get rich! <laughs> like, that is... Star Wars Battlefront Two is the most disgusting, nauseating, mercenary thing in the world because they're like, look, we made an engine that we think is going to bilk people out of their work money. Uh, That's what we did. Here, get our Zuckus gun in your card packs. And this is not that. There is nothing here, but we poured our heart and soul into a really good story, and we think that you're going to benefit from it. And it is as we talked about in the last episode, janky as hell. Uh, They were given just enough money to get this thing over the finish line, and they did it, and somehow that makes it better. I like the fact that there are rough edges on this game because that also reminds you that human beings are making this thing and they are working under human conditions. Uh, And on top of all that, the, 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 the... reinforcing the the molten core of sincerity that is inside of this thing is Star Wars only works when there are characters you care about. And for every single rant about the prequels uh, and Rogue One that I have ever delivered to you guys, uh, beneath all of the niggling complaints is the, the fundamental reality that the lore and the aesthetic, and all of the things that surround Star Wars are worthless if they're not backed up by human beings you care about. And uh, listener of this show, uh, Backer, 
Frank Sands. Little fr- shout out to Frank Sands, who actually said to me on Twitter, now that I've played Jedi Fallen Order, I wanted to ask you, do you think this would be better if they had gone with an established character like uh, Ahsoka Tano from Clone Wars or something instead of baby Conan O'Brien, who's the lead character of Jedi Fallen Order? And the answer is no, because he's a great character. And they're all of the characters in Jedi Fallen Order are really spectacular Star Wars characters. And while some of them are archetypes that we have seen before, the idea of a Jedi who doesn't even know how to be a person anymore because all they've been doing is trying to survive and not get murdered by people with red lightsabers and suddenly the act of building their own lightsaber isn't just like, and now you're space wizard. It's also, and now you know how to be person again. And maybe you can like have friends and love somebody and emote instead of just being a mannequin. That's incredible that that is packed into what needs to also be a monumentally huge commercial engine. It's, it's really special. It's a great game. Uh, and it, it's every bit as valid and enriching as uh, the indiest of indie art project. Uh, and it's important to remember that just because something is made by a giant disgusting machine, that doesn't necessarily mean it's inhuman too. So, my number three game of the year, which I wanted to talk about last, because it's also a that came out this year, is motherfucking Devil May Cry 5. <laughs> oh my god. That's yeah. right. Devil May Cry 5 came out this year. And wow. It fucking yeah, rules. Yeah, it did. <laughs> everybody forgot, I think. I think everybody forgot that Devil May Cry 5 came out in March. And Yeah, I definitely forgot about that. That game rules so much. It's so much fun. It's so good. It, and it's different. You know, it's still Devil May Cry 5. Whenever I try to tell somebody to play Devil May Cry 5, in the middle of it, you're, you're Dante... And it's it's just it's Dante, but he hasn't shaved in a really long time. That's the only difference between him and old Dante. He's got that scruff going on, and you're fighting a big demon, and this demon's covered with armor, and you beat the shit out of it, and the entire fight, chunks of the demon are coming off, these big metal chunks of demon body. And at the end, you kill the demon, and then all the little chunks of demons start shaking really hard. And then they all congeal and they turn into a motorcycle. Why? Shut the fuck up. That's why they turn into a motorcycle. (laughs) And then Dante gets on the motorcycle and he does a sweet flip on the motorcycle. And in the middle of the flip, he breaks the motorcycle in half and puts half the motorcycle on his right hand and the other half on his left hand. And then he beats the shit out of people with halves of motorcycles on his hands. It's awesome. Some real so video it's Bayonetta for boys, is what you're saying. It's what? Bayonetta for boys. It's yeah, it's it's Bayonetta for boys. It's very, oh, it's so it's so Bayonetta for boys. I I can't I can't deny that. Yeah. I am delighted by it though. And all of the other characters are really fun. The new guy, who's like Adam Driver, if he forgot to work out for six months. <laughs> uh, that guy is his it. name, right? Uh, huh? V V. V and V, v is, is really too. yeah that's that's sort of the novel part of Devil May Cry Five because V you, you throughout the game you spend 
a third of your time playing as Dante, a third of your time playing as Nero, and a third of your time playing as V. And V, you're never attacking directly. You're making three animals under your control attack things. Yeah, it's very okay. strange. And it All right, it takes I'm down a, with that. It takes a lot of getting your mind around it. So you have a big panther, and you have a giant bird, and then you have like a giant rock golem thing. And you have to sort of get into this rhythm of almost observing combos rather than directly making them happen, but it's still this really satisfying rhythm. And then your pan your your panther can turn into like an oily shadow skateboard and you skate around the level in it, and it's just cool as shit. Uh, it's just some real video game nonsense. <laughs> and I love it. You're... The, the woman who's like your your gunsmith in the game is this woman named Nico who sort of like talks like uh, Loretta Lynn uh, and looks like millennial Velma from Scooby-Doo and she drives around in a conversion van and every time you're about to get into a boss fight, there'll be a phone booth and you'll be like, Nico, come help out. And then it doesn't matter where you are. You could be inside of a library in a skyscraper that is at the bottom of the sea, and all of a sudden, a fucking conversion van drives through the wall, A-team style, and she just <laughs> comes out, and a cigarette hanging from her mouth, and she's like, what do you need, honey? And I'm like, everything, Nico! I need everything. I like I that. I need you to pull my devil trigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. It's a good game. <laughs> I just wanted to remind people that was the theme song. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot less direct. Like, hey, penises. There's a lot less of that <laughs> in Devil May Cry Five. Weirdly. <laughs> yeah, that game. If you just want to like, did you sit there and have the part of your brain that just goes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't beat that. Did you Real good. did you get the deluxe edition? I did not get the deluxe edition. Because the deluxe edition has the the mode where you can swap out the cutscenes for like like the previs actors, like yeah, or something like the, It's like live action actors doing the scenes or something. I, I know. I I, I know. What? It's so. I I've only seen clips. I, it's one of those ones where I'm waiting for the deluxe edition to like just show up used on something you might be able to like there's like an upgrade i think like a digital upgrade you just yeah you can just load uh, that in it's so yeah. dumb i love that game all right well dave looks it up i will, yeah. I will move on my suggestions uh susan this yes. is another this actually came out this year okay they made a new chocobo's dungeon and it what? is available on switch you and say, hold on, hold on, Chocobo? Is this like a, like yeah, a Star Trek character? Yeah. Chocobo. Chocobo. A documentary about Chocobo. A God damn it! <laughs> I say words and, good. And the the uh, guy who made it lives in Burbank, California. <laughs> uh, Chocobo's Dungeon. Yeah. Uh, it's called Chocobo's Dungeon Everybody, but it's Buddy, but it's like B-U-D-D-Y. <laughs> uh... And it is you. You will be delighted, because they finally worked the like Final Fantasy job system 
into the game, and it's mm-hmm. called Everybody because every time Chocobo meets a buddy, he can learn to do what they do, and he gets their Aww. hat. And he gets their hat. What? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is some Susan Arndt shit. Yeah. Uh, you wander around a town where everybody forgets everything every time the bell in the center of town rings. And then you have to dive into their memories to make them remember who they are. But their memories are dungeons that are randomly generated. And it's and you walk around and you're like, quit, because you're a chocobo. Uh, it's really good. Good game. You should play it. I think that I... it got to the point where Square is just like, man, it's like 10 bucks because nobody bought it. Uh, but yes, play it. You will love it. Uh, Dave. Okay, hold on. Yes, the, so Devil May Cry 5, the deluxe edition, has uh, live-action cutscenes. The Steam description says, changes the in-game cutscenes to the live-action movies recorded during development. Oh my god, that's yes. amazing. Voice yes. audio is in Japanese so only. Uh, but can you purchase it separately? No, I think it's just it's part of the deluxe edition. So I wonder, there, there might be a way that you can like upgrade digitally, but yeah, yeah. all the reviews are like... Uh, cures my depression. Hands down, best <laughs> DLC I've ever purchased. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> greatest DLC of all time. <laughs> everyone, everyone should play it. Dave, I, I am certain you've heard of this game. I am not certain you've played it. Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. I've heard of it. I want to play it. It is on my list. It now, sounds th- oh, amazing. This, this game is. Dave as hell. Susan, have you heard of Friends of Ringo Ishikawa? No. Made by a single Russian boy. Uh, this kid started the game when it was he was 19. I think he's 26 now. Like, it took him that long to finish it. His father learned how to draw pixel art so that there would be characters in his game. Uh, this kid was obsessed with, like, River City Ransom. The whole Kunio-kun series, obsessed with Persona, etc. And has made this game where you are a a Japanese high school kid in a very traditionally, like, anime, comics, Japanese high school in the 80s. And you're a thug. Much like in River City Ransom. With, with the hair and everything. With okay. the pompadour hair. But the game is super freeform role-playing. It starts at the very beginning, and you're just on a subway train. There are guys trying to beat the shit out of you. You try to beat the shit out of them. After that, anything goes. There's a button that is just... All it does is misbehave. If you if you are in an area where it's just like I'm gonna press the A button here on my switch and you will squat down, light a cigarette, and smoke that cigarette. Loiter, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all it does. And there there is a plot. Your best friend, like you, your you and your best friend are about to get kicked out of school if you don't figure your shit out. There's like a boxing club involved. And you can try to just sort of steer your friend away from the uh, delinquent life by behaving well. But you can also just do whatever the hell you want. It's like, do you show up for school that day? Do you engage in class? And it explains the mechanics never, 
ever. <laughs> At all. You just have to figure this shit out on your own. Press buttons. See what happens. Maybe all of a sudden your teacher will be like, you know, Rengo, you're really putting in the effort. Uh, I used to think you were a piece of garbage, but now I see that you have potential. Maybe. Or you just get thrown out of school and then you're not going back to school for like two days. You better figure out what to do with your time. It is Dave as hell. <laughs> and I think you will find it incredibly enriching and inspiring. Uh, I also think that you temperamentally are the type of person who will not bounce off its complete lack of feedback. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people will play this and be like, this is a game, this is just a walking simulator, dumb. But you will be like, this is this is the coolest thing in the world. Uh, it is deeply, deeply cool. And great, I, I still can't believe this kid and his dad made it. Because everything, it's never janky. It just, it feels really good, it looks really good, the music is really cool. Uh, I couldn't be more impressed by it. Uh, and you, you get a lot out of it. Speaking of uh, games, Dave, what the hell came out this year? Uh, okay. Toe Jam and Earl Back in the Groove came no! out this year. No! It didn't! Yeah, it did, and it, it did. Like, that's, like... My it career was, in the games yeah. industry was short-lived, to be fair. About five years, both, like, amateur and professionally. That game was at, like, every show I went to. <laughs> mm -hmm. And was never out. Like, that game was in development for, like, f six years, right? Yeah. Like, like, one of my first things for Games Radar was, like, going to an adult swim booth in 2015? 20, I don't, man, I don't even know. And, like, just, like, playing it and, like, it not being great. Um... But yeah. Guess what? Yeah. It never got any better. Uh, but, like, so what happened? Is it just? It's just. It's. I. Okay. So. Because you're you're the you're the Toe Jam and Earl fan here, right? I yeah. am. I I am. I I love Toe Jam and Earl. I uh, got the uh, limited run physical copy. Like I'm I'm that person, because every time you saw it, what they showed, was. It, it looked and felt like Toe Jam and Earl. It had the same uh, general idea. You're, you're collecting stuff, and then Earthlings try to hurt you, and you've got silly weapons to fight them with. Yeah, and it's, like, and, procedurally generated, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It still has all of those things, but it added just enough new stuff to make it all suck. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and it just it just it's just not fun. Like you just don't the, the the first one had this this feeling of whimsy and it's silly and oh I I just don't know what's going to happen next and ha 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 and it was co-op and that was all all really really fun. And this has no soul to it at all. It has no whimsy. It it it's it's like the guy who was really popular in high school, and so he still kind of hangs out there, it's like that. It's hmm. also completely unfinished. Like, it doesn't feel like anything works at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. In addition to being a little desperate. Yeah, it desperate is a very, very good word for it. Yes. Yeah. It feels desperate. I don't know what happened there. I, I, I genuinely I just like to, s- to spend six years adult swim sh- schlepping it to every convention that I can <laughs> yeah. think of. Yeah. And just coming and going. Bye. I, yeah, I, man, um, I, I don't quite understand how that happened either. Yeah, I don't know. Because you, you played it. D- didn't they, like, specifically ask you to come see it at PAX in 2017, Susan? Yep. And they, they were like, please, yes, like, you specifically come here and see this yep. thing. Yep. And it seemed like it was shaping up. Yes. Like, like pretty it good. Had, yeah. Like, well, because it, it, I think it's very, very telling that you played one one level, right? Yeah. And in micro, it's got all the elements. And even if that didn't quite sell it, you were like, well, it's got all the elements and I can imagine how this is going to be in the macro. And it just doesn't really ever come together. It has all of the individual pieces, but it never gels. It never becomes cohesive. It never becomes fun. Yeah. Yeah. What a bummer. It is a bummer. It's a huge bummer. Can't believe that game came out this year. You know, else come, you know what else came out this year? Anthem. Yup, sure did. No, it didn't. It sure like that did. Game, that game feels as distant to failure as the ending to Mass Effect 3 for me. As far as, like, the discourse goes. Yeah. Or, like, Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, it just, it feels like... Oh, Andromeda. Like... like this happened years ago, and like yeah. Bioware has died. Did either of and you like, guys play uh, Anthem? By the way, nope. No, it's like it's still play Andromeda either. So it, I, it I, I, sucks. I had there when I was subscribed to GameFly. I think it was in my queue at one point, but I ended up removing it because I was like, um, I value my life and time more than uh, yeah. This. I, I, I and do then that. and then like when I subscribed to the EA Premiere on the PC to play Star Wars. I was like, oh, I could play Anthem hmm. and then just didn't install it. <laughs> so it's... I had these like two opportunities to play it for, f- well, not for free, but like as part yeah. of a thing, like zero effort on my part other than like downloading it and playing it and still they're planning on fixing it, I guess. Uh, yeah, oh, bless their that's heart. the scuttlebutt I, I, is like yeah. Jason Scryer was interviewing people and said that like they're going to do a anthem 2.0 i yeah i i'm i'm sorry man i there is no i played enough of that game there is no like what was the destiny expansion taken king i think it was taken king where it's like taken king has changed everything and it really fixed the launch woes Mm -hmm. there is no expansion that fixes what is wrong. Well, because the thing with Destiny, like it, the core of Destiny was like the, the running, the shooting. Yeah. The core yeah. of that was good. Yes, precisely. They, they could Final Fantasy fourteen it. I mean, they would they would have to Final Fantasy fourteen it to the extent that they would have to build an entirely new game. Because Final Fantasy fourteen, yeah, like Horn is not a an new update. Game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it, that was like, oh shit, we almost broke the entire company from the ground up. We better yeah. make a new we game. We can't, we can't patch our way out of this one, guys. We have to. 
Yeah. And like I, I mean, yeah, I there's no there's no doing that. Like Anthem is fundamentally broken. Mm. Uh and and not ju- it's not just the shooting and the loot, like the hub town I, 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 none of it's fun or interesting mm. or good. It's all terrible. It's all completely unappealing and bad. <laughs> uh, just why? Why would you spend ten years and hundreds of millions of dollars taking a company that makes stories for people to experience by themselves and transforming them? Into a company that... What are you doing? Why would you ask Casey Hudson to make this? Uh, He came in after. He wasn't there for this at the launch. Oh, that's true. That's true. He did come in after. Like, basically to write the ship. Why would you give that guy... uh, Oh, my God. You know, did you know that a Far Cry game came out this year? Really? What? Far Cry New Dawn. No, it did that ex- that like standalone expansion to Far Cry Five with oh, the okay. the like uh, it's like ex- set after the nukes go off and it's like <sighs> what <laughs> I've wow. never even heard of this oh my god yeah it, they, like it got announced at the Game Awards what uh, the fuck is that? in 2018 and then came out in February. Oh, the twins! Yeah, the twins. Like the twins right. is the Wolfenstein thing. That no. also came out. This that year. also came twins. out this year. But no, yeah. yeah, there was another Far Cry game. And yep, 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 yep. Oh, you know what else came out this year? Days Gone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, there are people that like Days Gone, though. I I I watched my husband <coughs> play a lot of it. It's Actually, a good game. Yeah, I've heard that there's like some interesting story stuff happening. Yeah, there is some I, interesting story stuff. Yeah, the, the in the same way that you've been repelled by Yakuza, Susan, because you're like, I don't care about crime story. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I could not be less interested uh, in anything than I am with bikes, like motorcycles. Yeah, <laughs> I find that. Yep. yep. Like, if you want me to care about a motorcycle. A Final Fantasy looking motherfucker in a red trench coat better be doing flips with it and then breaking it in two and turning those fists into swords. Because if Fair. it's like biker culture, I'm like, you're loud and annoying, and the thing you ride is. Put useless. a muffler on it! Put a muffler you're gonna on it! It doesn't damage have to your sound ears. like that! It doesn't have to sound like that! <laughs> oh, man, the zombies can hear us coming! Maybe don't ride a bike, stupid! Walk! Or buy a ride horse, a, dick! Ride a bicycle. Anything Quiet. else! Fucking so dumb. Oh my god. Ever tell you guys I used to throw eggs at the people that would ride motorcycles past my apartment in Queens? I'm surprised you're not dead. I should I know, be dead. Right? You should be dead <laughs> with the phone. Many times over at this point, yeah. I should be dead. Uh, but I'm not. Because the people that back this show keep me alive. Dave. Like, seriously, like, the money is going to intravenous <laughs> video <laughs> like game. Like a trip. 
<laughs> a drip. <laughs> Keeps them alive. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're going to give a special shout out to our Patreon backers at patreon.com slash continue podcast. Special shout outs to Ryan Brady, Nick Grugan, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Ryan Mance, Double Taco, Pete, Adam Condra, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Thierry Blair, The Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Stormshot, Frank Sands, Kalen Houston, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Daniel Squire, and Tom. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. You you, you keep- were part of 2019, but you did not suck. No, yeah. you're lovely people. Every, everything it. about this show didn't suck this year, I think. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's true. And it means a lot to us. Uh, as we've said in recent episodes, everybody, if you are listening to this and you can spare a dollar uh, through Patreon... Uh, that helps us engage in the films and the uh, games and all of the things that we talk about on the show. It helps us make that happen. It also can helps us convince our spouses to let us do this for two hours uh, every couple of weeks. Means the world. It also every now and again rents us a movie on YouTube that we can talk about. <laughs> we gotta do it again. Pleasure. Uh, if you want to point this to somebody else. Send them to patreon.com slash continue podcast. You can also leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, iTunes. On Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. Wait, it's not iTunes. It's no longer iTunes. Fuck off. Uh, You go to Apple Podcasts. Uh, I know it seems weird that people are always asking for the reviews. They don't talk about it that much. When you leave the positive review... If somebody types the word continue into the search engine, if we have more positive reviews, we are more likely to be seen on that service. Tim Cook physically goes down to where the code is in the That's Apple right. building and like sure. lifts up yeah. the continue name um, yep. higher in the over. list. And then there's after like a big he's... board with all the podcast <laughs> names and he like switches them around. And then when he's done, he goes and he goes into the back of his closet and he opens the secret door and then he goes into that sub closet, he goes into the third one and inside is one of Steve Jobs' last remaining black turtlenecks and he <laughs> smells it. He sm- he gives it a good... Cause it's That's how he gets that, his power. It's got that Steve Jobs smell. <laughs> um, I don't... You can, I don't. You, can, you can also follow us. On twitter.com slash continue pod. I, I, <laughs> I, I broke Susan with the Steve Jobs smell. can also follow me on Twitter uh, where I fitfully talk about shit. Uh, it's at a John Agnello. <laughs> uh, and as a, when this show is up, my, my latest feature this time at the AV Club is up. Uh, I, I wrote 4,000 words everybody on the best, worst, and weirdest Star Wars games ever made. Came out of AV Club retirement to write about that. Susie, where, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me, uh, on Twitter at Susan Arndt, where a listener asked me 
to uh, talk about my dogs really quickly about because uh, I mentioned them and I post photos of them. And uh, so real quickly, I have three dogs, Alice, Bridget and Chloe, ABC. They are all mixed breeds. They are all rescues. Alice is half yellow lab, half whippet. Bridget is half miniature dachshund, half miniature pincher. And Chloe is a chihuahua dachshund mix, affectionately known as a chihuahua. <laughs> and they are 14, 7, and 3. God, Alice is 14 now. She's 14. How is that She's possible? My little old grandma. Oh, my God. That just yeah. is, doesn't seem real. Uh, Dave, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at David Robots, where I tell people that they deserve healthcare no matter what anyone whose brains have been infested with worms... But what if the rich people got health care, too? Okay, great. (laughs) Cool. They're paid for it. I just... God. Yeah. I like like having the choice of going bankrupt or dying. That's my favorite choice to make. It's so cool. It's the freedom that I feel every day. There it is, everybody. That's that's what we. That's how we're shutting down 2019. Burn this year to the ground. We'll see you. We'll see you in a very cool sounding year uh, on our next episode. Uh, until then, we hope you have a wonderful holiday. Uh, do something really fun on New Year's. Uh, talk to somebody you haven't talked to in a really long time, and just generally be good. We'll see you in two weeks, everybody. Goodbye. We love Goodbye. you.